Welcome to the Berkey Web Today podcast, part of the Eero Podcast Network. Podcasts that inform by both focusing on the news and the people behind the news. My name is Edward Eero, and I am your host for episode 10 on December 19th, 2010. In this episode, I interview Dave Matthews, who is a longtime bicyclist and found Nordic skiing as a great winter activity while living in Omaha, Nebraska. Berkey Web Today provides coverage before, during, and after the American Birkebinder Ski Race in northern Wisconsin. The podcast is a feature of BerkeyWeb.com, where fellow Berkey buddies Tim Burke, Mike Tarnow, and I explore news and information about the race, which includes interviews with interesting individuals either involved in the race or Nordic skiing in general. Berkey Web Today podcasts can be found at the Berkey Web website or on iTunes. They are also indexed at the Eero Podcast Network at epn.eero.com. We welcome your feedback, so please write to webmaster at berkeyweb.com and send in your comments or suggestions. We would love to hear from you. Before we start the interview, I have a few announcements. Well, it has been a long time since the last podcast, but a lot has changed for me as I have taken a new position in La Crosse, Wisconsin, after spending a sabbatical year from my last position in Kansas City to explore the many uses of new media. This includes podcasts on air medical services called Air Medical Today and on bicycling called the Kansas Cyclist Podcast. The latter, I collaborate with Randy Reza, who is the webmaster of the Kansas Cyclist website. Nevertheless, my time has been pooled in a number of directions. I now live closer to the Berkey, and in fact just signed up for the Berkey Tour on January 22nd, and the city of Lakes Loppet in Minneapolis on February 6th. We have over 20 inches of snow here in La Crosse, and have some nice local trails just outside of town that a volunteer group keeps groomed. Also, not too far to the northwest in Winona, Minnesota, there are nice trails at St. Mary's University. I skied on both trails this weekend, and it was great to have skiing so close by after not living in snow country for many years. Actually, my interview today is with a Berkey skier who, much like I was for many years, does not live near snow, but has made the Berkey a big part of his life. Remember, along with the Berkey Web Today podcast, we also post up news and information about the American Berkebinder and other Nordic skiing events through our Twitter and Facebook accounts. To follow our Twitter feed, go to twitter.com slash berkeyweb, and to become a fan on Facebook, go to facebook.com slash berkeywebtoday. I have also started a blog where I provide more detailed information about the individuals interviewed on Berkey Web Today and other Eero Podcast Network podcasts. The blog link is epnnetwork.eero.com. Another change we have made is that we will no longer be providing any detailed news since we already put news and information out on Twitter and Facebook and through comments we have received. Listeners really enjoyed the interviews the best. Saying that, however, yesterday registration closed for the Berkey, which is the earliest on record. I sure hope those listening did not wait too long. 
You probably also noticed that we have new theme music. Fellow Berkey buddy Tim Burke composed the piece called Berkey Strut for the podcast. Tim has a lot of songs that he has been experimenting with and writing, so a big thanks for this one. My interview today is with Dave Matthews, who lives in Prairie Village, Kansas, which is a suburb of Kansas City. He has been bicycling for 35-plus years, being a longtime member of the Kansas City Bicycle Club, serving as past club president and chairman of racing. He races in several road and cycle cross and sometimes mountain biking events each year. Dave is a civil engineer with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers and graduated from Iowa State University and the University of California, Berkeley, in engineering. He began Nordic skiing while living in Omaha, Nebraska in 1982 and has completed eight Berkeys and two Coeur Lopet races and three City of Lake Lopet races. Dave is also an active member of the Kansas City Nordic Ski Club. Welcome to the podcast, Dave. I appreciate you hanging in there with me to get this scheduled. I know this is, uh, I think we started uh, last year to try to do this uh, after the Berkey, but I appreciate you uh, being on the show. I'm glad to be here, Ed. Well, how are things in Kansas City? I heard there was at least a dusting of snow, and I was looking at the forecast, and it looks like maybe to the north. I don't think enough to ski on. Uh, We've got... 20 inches here in uh, La Crosse, we had like about 5 to 7, then another 16 and a half. So the skiing is great both here and actually uh, further north up in uh, Berkey country. So it's uh, actually nice for me, having lived in Kansas City for five and a half years, to finally be up in snow country. Yeah, I've been looking at the uh, snow cover maps there, and you guys really got really got nailed last weekend, but... As you look at those snow cover maps, uh, they peter off when you go go to the south, and we got we got about an inch last weekend, and um, I don't know. You're saying uh, we might get a dusting here uh, this evening, but I think tomorrow they're forecasting 50 degrees for us. So if, oh, if we do get some, it won't be around long. Yeah, at least you can get out on your bike. So, um, having lived in Overland Park, Kansas, I. I think I know the answer to this question already, but for our listeners, um, you know, do you get enough snow in Kansas City to to Nordic ski? Well, Ed, you know that's that's a challenge because here in Kansas City we get about 20 inches of of snow a year. Um, you know, that typically comes in a series of of uh, little one or two inch snowfalls with uh, with some ice mixed in. But there's once or twice a year we will get a a five-inch-plus snowfall. So when it when it comes, those of us that are here get out and ski it. We have to get out and ski it quickly because uh, <laughs> it usually right. doesn't last too long. It melts off within a few days. That's right. Yeah, I've uh, did that many times. When As soon as it snowed, I got my, uh, usually took my classic no-wax because, uh, you know, nothing's groomed, uh, but it was still a blast, uh, you know, getting out there. I'd usually, I lived... Uh, uh, near the Indian Creek Trail, so we'd go down that way. Where do you usually go to, when it does snow? Oh, uh, we have uh, right in town, we have Loose Park. You're familiar with yep. Loose Park down mm-hmm. in Club Plaza. And then uh, out more on the Kansas side, uh, Shawnee Mission Park is pretty popular for local skiers. Yes, right. 
Well, I, I, I wanted to have you on, Dave, because I know you uh, do a lot of different uh, sports, but I wanted uh, listeners, because so many people come up to the Berkey, it, it's not always you know, just the people in the upper Midwest or people out West that they're skiing all the time. It's folks uh, like you and me for many years that, uh, you know, almost the first time on snow sometimes is uh, when you get up there. So, so, you know, given the lack of snow where you live and other areas even further south, you know, how do you stay in shape to Nordic ski uh, since, you know, they're very different muscles used in Nordic skiing over bicycling and especially you know, upper body, you know, with the polling? Yeah, well, that's a good question, because to, to answer your question, I get in shape for skiing by bicycling. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we have a very active cyclocross season down here, and it, it expands into early January, so, so right. that's, a, that's a leg part. Um, <laughs> yeah, up, up, upper body's a challenge. I do... Uh, I do go to the gym a little bit in the wintertime, which I don't do in the summertime, try to give my arms something to do. Um, you know, I, uh, a few folks down here do roller ski, and I used to do that. I used to go out with my rollerblades and poles, but I've kind mm-hmm. of tapered off on that recently and just rely on my cycling and and uh, suffer with the arms. Yeah. Of course, with uh, cycle crush, you are carrying your bike quite a bit, right? Yeah, yeah, there's a, a little bit more upper body uh, stress in cyclocross than, than riding the road, that's true. Yeah. Do you have any, uh, do you have like a Nordic track or anything like that that you've used? Yeah, I do, I do have a Nordic track. I'm, I'm not big on working out indoors, but, you know, over the next couple, three months, I will try to get on it maybe maybe once or twice a week, so that, that's worth something. Yeah, I well, I did the same thing. I'm, I'm not a uh, indoor person i you know when i exercise i'd like to be out and about uh and and doing stuff i I found with uh you know the ipod and being able to watch videos and stuff that certainly helped and uh my nordic track uh you know still in kansas city because we haven't moved up here yet i've been here almost three months um but haven't sold the house so uh i haven't been able to bring up everything uh but i i found i did find that the nordic track helped that upper body i would put that down pretty tight so I was working the muscles but uh elliptical trainer seems to be a, a a good choice too that's what I've been doing uh in the workout room up here I know from postings that you and others do uh head north uh on some ski outings especially when there's some uh snow kind of near to the north where do you specifically go are there areas that are groomed well, yeah, you, you know, during uh, January and February, usually the snow line is somewhere through Iowa. So um, driving up into Iowa is a, the easiest way to get on snow, usually. And uh, as far as groom trails, uh, there's there's uh, quite a bit of activity around Des Moines in recent years. There's some groups that have been out grooming trails, and they oh. seem to be getting to be more of them. So uh, that, that's that's the place to start. Des Moines about three hours from uh, Kansas City, so if uh, if one's really ambitious, you can drive up there, ski, and drive back in the same day. Right. Well, and you've done that too, right? Because I know from the listserv, you'll get put a call out and see who wants to go up if the, if the skiing's good. 
Yeah, if you're going to do that, it's more fun if you can do that with. I've done it alone, and I've done it with other people. When you're when you're spending that much time on the interstate, it is kind of nice to be with some other folks because it makes a makes a day pass a little quicker. Right, especially if uh, you've put a lot of K's in and you're a little tired on the way back. So, um, well, you you started Nordic skiing in Omaha in '82. What caused you to take up the sport? Because um, you know, Omaha is pretty much the same as Kansas City. Maybe it gets a little bit more snow, but not certainly not a mecca for Nordic skiing. Well, that's true. I was in Omaha in the early early eighties when I started skiing, and uh, I, I was uh, the years I was there. I was able to get uh, a whole month and a half or two months of, of skiing in, which is is more than Kansas City. But in terms of in terms of really my interest, uh, you know, it certainly wasn't racing or competing or trying to go as far as I could. Uh, mostly I, I, I like to get out in the woods and like to, you know, go camping in the wintertime and that kind of thing. And of course, when there's snow on the ground, so you're going to get out in the woods. The easiest way to do that is on skis. So that was really the kind of the angle that got me into Nordic skiing originally. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, classic skiing? Yes, yes. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a straight classic skier. Well, for your cycling friends, what do you tell them when they ask you how hard it is to learn to Nordic ski? Well, you know, Ed, that's that's what I think is one of the great things about Nordic skiing is that, you know, basically anybody can do it. Of course, there are all different levels of, of skiing and all different varieties of speed, but, uh, you know, just about anybody can step into some skis and on nice level, smooth terrain, puts around and have a good time. That's, right. That's one of the big draws to this sport as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. That's uh, very true. I was out uh, skiing on the local trails here today and uh, lots of families. I think the one kid, he must have been no more than three or four years old out on skis, and he was doing really well. You know. Um, so you're right that way. How many... Have you turned on some people in Kansas City, some some of your fellow cyclists, to to the sport? Oh, I don't know that I can say I turned any of them on to it, but uh, that's a common question when I'm out riding with people was I, I ask them, and, and um, it's no surprise that there is a strong tie between cyclists and, and cross-country skiers. So there's, there's a lot of folks in Kansas City that have some skis tucked away in their closet may not get a lot of use but a lot of people have them here and and actually there's quite a few berkey skiers i think um in, in fact i'll still be listed down there because again you know i haven't moved permanent address but i think there was about seven of us right that have done the berkey over the years yeah i think there was seven or eight last year and yeah that's, that's a pretty good showing from, yeah it is uh, i was quite surprised yeah well, where do you, you know, having lived in Kansas City, there's no place uh, to buy Nordic ski equipment. Where do you shop? Yeah, yeah, purchasing equipment is is a challenge. Yeah. In Kansas City, there there are really no retail Nordic ski shops. You know, we have a couple pretty good downhill ski shops because we have a lot of folks that do the trek out to Colorado for downhill skiing. Right. Cross country skiing, you know, it's pretty much the lefty. Either driving somewhere or uh, or doing business, you know, online, and uh, quite a few of the folks here that 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 I know of uh, do do business with New Moon, 
up in Hayward. Yep. I know you're very familiar with New Moon. Yes. Um, you know, those those folks, I mean, they really do an excellent job working with customers over the over the telephone for, you know, things that probably ideally be done in person, but, you know, when you're 10 hours away, do what you got to do, and, and they really do an outstanding job. I know everybody that's done business with them has been really pleased. Right, and they have uh, quite a... You know, they've developed the web page over the years, and you can actually do quite a bit online. Yeah, I've, I've purchased things there. They, they do an excellent job with fitting and so forth. Um, are there other uh, shops in Iowa? I'm not that familiar with, the, um, you know, Des Moines or any of the other places that might be skiing. Yeah, there's a, I know there's a couple outfits and aims that, that – Carry Nordic ski gear. I'm sure there are some in Des Moines as well. I'm personally not uh, as familiar with them, but that's a, that's about where you can, you know, start picking up uh, things if you want to buy them in person. And of course, uh, continue on up the interstate and get up to Minneapolis. And there's there's all kinds of possibilities up there. Yeah, I um, in fact, I was up there oh, a few weeks ago and uh, stopped in at Gear West. Uh, out on the western side uh, of the city, and I'd always been on their mailing list. I think they put Berkey skiers on their on their list, and they I was surprised very large um, inventory of skis uh, that they have there. So they must be one of the larger ones. I don't know the other stores in Minneapolis, but that seemed to be a a big one. Um, have you been surprised uh, at the rise in the? Uh, cost of equipment and especially wax uh over the years well in in terms of wax yeah i guess i'm i'm surprised when i uh when i look around at what's what's available out there um i uh it, it doesn't impact me directly because i'm i'm pretty simplistic in in terms of equipment and uh you know i look at i look at some of that stuff and i don't uh I'm not even sure what it does to that price, so I'm I'm kind of old school, you know. I'm setting me up with a variety of kick wax and a couple of clisters, which we use a lot of in Kansas City, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm uh, I'm 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 pretty good with that, you know. As far as the as far as the price of uh, high end racing equipment, I guess I don't pay much attention to that because I probably don't have high end racing equipment. It seems to me that you know you can get pretty good equipment at a pretty reasonable price and and uh, maybe I don't, just don't know any better, but I'm happy with what I got, and I just generally keep things pretty simple. And you, you've uh, a new classic, right? Have you, you all your races have been done classic? Have you done any skating at all? Yeah, I'm a straight classic classic skier. Most, yeah. most folks from Kansas City are classic skiers. Uh, you know, we have a few folks like yourself that are imports. You know, there's a there's a good reason for that. You look at the you look at the kind of snow conditions we have down here, and it's not at all uh, conducive to to skating. Yeah, you know, you've you've got to have grooming to to yeah. do it, right? Um, exactly right. Yeah, I always said, well, you can go faster. Except, uh, I mean, this this looked like a guy out on the trails today. I mean, he looked like a a top skier. He did. He went flying by me on on uh, classic skis. Um, so. Um, not that I was in race form; it was my first day out, but uh, I was surprised at how he was booking along. Uh, do you like the uh, change in the trails at at the Berkey with the Classic Trail now going all the way to Double O? 
Yes, you know that 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 is really a nice improvement. Um, you know, not only by by breaking it into two trails, so it's not so crowded. But the other thing I guess they did with that classic trail was they they kind of follow the contours a little bit. So yes, yes. Seems like there's not you know. It's not quite as much herring boning as I remember on the old trail. You actually get a get a little bit more kick and glide in there. Yeah, and it's actually a longer race. Um, but you're right. I I last year I um, I, I go up to the Berkey for the the whole week, and uh, we'll we call it our classic day. Most of the guys I go up with uh, skate, but uh, we skied from uh, uh, the north. Uh, trailhead uh, up at the uh, uh, warming hut there, real nice place to start, and then went all the way to Double O on the classic trail. And I was, just, it was the first time I had been on it uh, the whole way. And I was, it was, just, it was one of those beautiful sunny days. And I said, my gosh, this is just incredible. They they just did a wonderful job with, as you said, on the contours of the hills and stuff, and just how they wind around. And that's a a fabulous addition and and I think it helps all the skiers because it keeps folks separated and and with the cordy now you know sort of turning around and going back rather than out the double o it's really nice for the folks that are skating too because there's um it's not that crowded you know and then and and in limiting uh the number of people in fact we're talking um today in this recording this was the Actually, the last day they're filled up already. So that's uh, seems like uh, once they implemented uh, that uh, registration limit, it seems like it's uh, going faster and faster. Yeah, that was sure nice. It looked like they gave uh, gave everybody a couple days uh, notice there. They said what it was going to close at six o'clock uh, this evening. They that's the right. Out. Yeah, word out a couple days ago, so they. They might have. I wonder if they end up being a little bit flexible on that eighty-four hundred. They might might have gone up over that a little bit. Well, I've heard that they're trying. That they want to manage it, um, and they're they're going to try, you know, to keep increasing it because they know so many people like to do it. Um, and then I interviewed a, a gentleman last year that had done the Berkey tour, and he was. Uh, very pleased with that, and I think that's been an option uh, that they're providing people. I, I'm signed up for it uh, this year, um, and it's you know basically the Berkey Trail all the way down. They don't go in the, all the way into Hayward or do everything, but they still provide um, some refreshment stands and and some services, and certainly not as big. But it's a great way to ski the Berkey Trail. Not really a race. It's called you know the Berkey Tour but still a great way to be out on the course uh, for people that want to try it. So I think, you know, they're doing that uh, as an option too. Well, tell, tell listeners about the Kansas City Nordic Ski Club. Um, you know, when did it start? How many members do you have? And how often do you get together? Well, in terms of the, the club, really, we're just an informal network of skiers and pretty small. Um, we, got, we got about 25 members. And basically, what what we have is we've got a uh, got a Yahoo site that uh, um, people can post information on. You know, or, or since our snow's so intermittent, we really can't plan normal group skis because you never know when you're going to have this, 
going to have the snow, so what we do is we have this site up here, and and uh, when the snow is in town or nearby, and uh, somebody wants to ski, you know, maybe it's a maybe it's a Tuesday, and somebody's sitting at work, and they're noticing we're getting a bunch of snow, they can right. just, uh, you know, identify a time and a place that they want to ski, and then we can all get together and and meet and ski there. So that's that's really what we're all about. Right. So it's a lot of chatter when there is some uh, skiing nearby uh, that you can that you can all go to. Um, do you guys get together, uh, to train? I mean, is there any, um, you know, roller skiing or other types of activities? You know, there hasn't, there's been, uh, some exchanges. I think you, I think you were part of that. Some exchanges to, uh, try to get something going on that, but I, I don't think there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of that's been formalized. I think a lot of the members know each other from the, uh, cycling. Right. And, and spend time on the, on the bikes together. Yeah, I would, uh, in fact, take up, uh, you know, I'm so used to roller skiing right up to the Berkey that it, you know, was kind of a shock because I tried to cycle up here in La Crosse as long as I could. And that was uh, basically, you know, into end of October. Um, but then we had, no, you know, the November, uh, you know, got pretty cold for cycling. So then I started roller skiing, but my gosh, the... Uh, you know, all of a sudden it's over and we've got snow, you know, and I'm going, well, Ed, you know, why are you complaining? You can get out skiing. Um, but I, I think a lot of folks up here start roller skiing much sooner to try to, you know, work those muscles and, you know, get the polling down. Well, Dave, Dave do you participate in other races uh, before or after the Berkey? Um, you know, I've, I've dabbled in just a, a few races through the years, but I'm I'm not what you call a uh, regular cross country ski racer. Um, you know, here in here in Kansas City, our uh, since I'm a cyclist, our our cyclocross season runs into the middle of January, and the uh, road season starts up the first of March. So that <laughs> right. yeah. that doesn't leave a lot of a lot of weekends in between to fill. Um, the last uh, last few couple three years here, I have been uh, going up to the city of Lakes and. In, in Minneapolis, the first weekend of February, I guess the main incentive I've had there since I never, I never know if I'm going to have how much time I'm going to have on the snow in February. So I, I figure if I get up there for that uh, that one event three weeks before Berkey, at least then I've got, I've got a little bit of time on the snow, which is about the right about the right time out. So. We've got uh, some carolers in the background, so I, I was going to try to mute that out, but since it is the season, I'll let them keep going. So if we hear some jingle bells in the background, that's what that is. Um, the uh, Tell me about the uh, City of Lakes. I have not done that. I, I know a lot of skiers uh, rave about it and uh, how well run it is. Uh, tell our listeners about the race. Well, yeah, it it is well run. It's I guess the thing that uh, makes it kind of fun uh, is it it is all right in town. Um, you know, some, at some points uh, the course is highly varied. It it starts in some golf courses and then uh, and gets in the woods. And at some points uh, you're in the woods and it's all, you almost feel like you're out in the north woods somewhere. And then you go around the corner and you look across the street and there's some houses. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and then it finishes going across some lakes and, 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 uh, it comes up into, uh, kind of a, uh, fun part of town where they've got some bars and restaurants and, 
Um, so it's it's that it's that in town uh, in town race that makes it interesting. You know, crosses crosses over under some interstates and right and that type of thing. Yeah, it's it's also got it seems. Um, uh, beer and brats seem to be a big part of that. I was reading their website. Yeah, they they do uh, they do push the beer and brats there. At, <laughs> yeah. at the base, uh, yeah. right right there on the finish line. Yeah, it, is it a hilly course? You know, it's it's really mixed. Um, parts of it are very hilly, and parts of it are very flat. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a, it's a nice mix. Yeah, I, I was telling you before we start the podcast, I've signed up for it uh, and uh, really uh, looking forward to to doing it. It's, it sounds like a, a, a fun time. Is the classic race also 30, I think it was what, 33K? Is it, it's the same distance? Actually, the classic race is a little bit shorter. It's 25K. I, I, I guess they, uh, they, I understand they cut out some of the hills that uh, the skaters pick up some extra hills there. Oh, okay. It's still a good race, and I, I enjoy doing it. Well, you've completed eight Berkeys, two Cordelopets. Which came first, and how long of a period have these races been over? Is this um, all contiguous, or had you missed a few years? Yeah, yeah, I missed a few years. And, um, in, t- in terms of uh, the Cordies, you know, I started out doing the Cordies. It took a couple of those uh, to convince myself that I could do do the distance. Yeah. I started doing uh, started doing those in the late '80s and late '80s or early '90s. I was uh, in the, in the habit of trekking to uh, Hayward for the race, and then I went through a uh, stop for 15 years with oh, things geez. going on and raising kids. <laughs> that is not. a big. That's a real big. Uh, yeah. And I just kind of uh, you know kids uh, the kids got to a certain age, and I started. Yep. To, Freeing up a little more time in 2008, I was just kind of on a whim. I just uh, went ahead and signed up for the Berkey. I was really wondering if I could still do it at the time, and and uh, I uh, I convinced myself I could because I, I got it done. So I guess I'm back in the regular rhythm again. Well, you, you certainly, you know, you have keep in shape with all your cycling and cycle cross. You've um, you were telling me that you've done. Um, um, some, uh, you know, other types of, uh, bike, uh, races, uh, including off-road type stuff. So you're certainly in shape and you have the stamina. I mean, what do you think is the, you know, big difference in racing bikes and staying in shape for that versus skiing? Well, the biggest difference for me is, uh, for, for cycling events, I train on the bike and for, for you know, skiing events in Berkey, I'm not always on my on my skis, so that that's that's the uh, that's the big difference. Beyond that, I, I think there's more commonalities than difference. I I usually tell people that uh, like the American Berkey binary, I'm up there in the five and a half hour range on that, so it's it's roughly the equivalent of uh, doing a hilly century. That's right. That's right. It's just uh, the the trick is you know a hilly century doesn't sound too bad, but if you had to go do a hilly century without ever uh, riding your bike, it it uh, has a little bit of a different challenge to it. But what's the the biggest difference? Obviously, it's still a lot of leg uh, motion and stuff. Is it mainly just the upper body, or are there other things that you've noticed? Yeah, I, I think you you hit on it. Um, you know, you, you, um, you use an upper body as far as as far as a 
striding goes, I, I think there's probably some a lot of commonalities in, in leg muscles there. Um, you know, when you, you get on some hilly terrain and you start herring boning, uh, that's a that's a that's a little different little different movement than you do, that's do right. on the bike. So that's, that's right. a little stress on parts there, but yeah, the uh, I I noticed when I switched over to skating, and it's been so many years I can't remember because uh, all my early Berkeys were classic. But uh, I noticed uh, besides the upper body, it's it's the uh, inside lower legs, and I think it's just that probably that same motion you were talking about with the herringbone because your legs are out, you know, basically the whole time, and, you know, except on downhills or um, near downhills where you can keep your skis pretty close together. Um, I know I've noticed that, and I, that's where the roller skiing has helped uh, me with that. But I, I think you're right on classic, not as much. Um, do you go up to the Berkey with a group of people each year? Um, I, I know f- for me, I go up with a group of friends uh, that we all originally met in Michigan, and that sort of expanded out. Uh, what I've found is that the Berkey, every city I've lived in, I've met people uh, and now, you know, stay in close touch with them, uh, you know, up at the Berkey and get together. It's sort of, I think people call it Berkey fever bug um, and, you know, keep coming back year and year. I've, I've talked to other uh, folks. I mean, what's, what's your experience? Well, I guess my mine's a little bit different because I went through that fifteen year lull. There, but, <laughs> yeah. um, I, you know, I've I've been up there with a number of different people, so it hasn't it hasn't always been the same group like that. Although uh, this year I'm going up with the with the same fellow that uh, I went up the last couple of years. That's Bob Burns. He's a fellow Kansas City Bicycle Club member and right. <laughs> well known ultra distance rider here in town. Um, so that I've usually gone up with uh, you know one or one or two other individuals and and uh, we will meet up uh, we will meet up with other folks from Kansas City while we're up there. Yeah, um, do you stay in a particular place or is it that changed too? Well, yeah, I've I've done different things there, but the past few years here, I have uh, I've been staying in the school. Now I know I oh, know you have? a lot of people wow. they wow. think that sounds really. Really harsh, um, yeah. but you know it's t- it's tough getting lodging up there, especially if you want to be near near Hayward. It's it's tough. You got to do it yes. well in yeah. advance, and, and uh, so the, the school the school works out well. It's it's centrally located. It's right there. You know, in the path has been a couple couple blocks from the finish line, and while a lot of people uh, might be take some uh, take some concern about uh, sleeping in a gym full. Of, Skiers, you know, I just chalk that up to part of the Berkey experience. And <laughs> that's that's great. Yeah, I, I know a lot of folks do that. So, when do you get up to the Berkey? I mean, what what day? You come up Friday or Thursday? Yeah, what I, I guess what we've usually done is start uh, driving Thursday, so that we uh, drive part way up Thursday night, and then I see. finish the drive Friday morning. Get us, uh, you know, up there in midday Friday, so we can get have time to get organized and, and that type of thing. So two two nights in the school? Yeah. 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 And then what, uh, Saturday night too? Yeah, yeah. I, don't know. I, th- I think my problem, we have, uh, it, there's basically two guys, the three of us have always been consistent. We have a, we've now actually gotten a cabin out on Lake Namakog, and we've tended to stay north up in uh, Cable, and uh, 
for many years stayed at the Pilot Fish Inn and had one of the upper rooms there, which was kind of like a suite. Uh, and that was the ultimate convenience. I mean, we always kept saying location, location, uh, but uh, the place was, it was basically two bedrooms, so one of us was always out on the couch, and that wasn't always the, the, the best thing. Of course, what that's probably, you know, compared to what you guys are doing with uh, either on the floor or on a cot, but um, uh, we uh, ended up getting a little bit further away, but just love it. It's We go up for the whole week, and in fact, do... Uh, Last year did the book across the bay, which is just an insane race. Uh, we're signed up again to do that this year. It, it's a, it's the Saturday before the Berkey, but it's Saturday night. It, they they run it at night with luminaries, and it goes from um, Ashland to Washburn, uh, Wisconsin, across the uh, bay there, and it is just unbelievable. There's all these snowshoers. It's like 2,000 people, and 700, I think, last year were snowshoeing, and some of these snowshoers are like racing snowshoers. I mean, they're the real skinny snowshoes. In fact, my uh, claim is I, I'm not the super fast gear. I take my time and enjoy things, and it was fun. They had music and thing across the ice on the way, and then a big party afterwards, uh, but I came across when the first snowshoer came in, and uh, he was booking. You know, it's like a 10K race. So um, it, we've, we've kind of uh, changed things and kind of just enjoy kind of doing a, a whole week up there. And there's really not much activity. And for me, it was just wonderful because, you know, I was, I was not on snow that much, or if at all. And so that gave me the opportunity to, to ski a little bit more. So I... I uh, hand it to you to come up and, you know, sometimes you've probably not been on skis much and all of a sudden you're right into a marathon. What what are the two or three things that keep you coming back? What is it about the Berkey that you like? Well, I, I guess uh, what so many skiers comment on is, is the uh, Berkey Trail itself is just so much fun. You know, it's a beautiful trail and yes. nice terrain. And it's just it's it's fun to be out there with a bunch of other folks, you know. Uh, you, you call it a race, and you know we're we're probably all going as fast as we can. But uh, you know people are friendly. Um, you know, you know everybody's out there just to have a good time, and you know you know people aren't cutting each other off and whatnot. You know people are chatting, and you're you're meeting people on the trail. That just uh, you know that, that really makes it fun. I, you know the other the the other thing is that uh, it's good to have. Uh, uh, something motivates you out there at the kind of the tail end of winter. I mean, it's a that's right. Yeah. It's a reason to keep exercising. I know, I know some a lot of my cycling friends here. We hit uh, we hit a couple of those weekends when maybe we had some weather and it's getting nasty out, and all the cyclists are complaining because they can't get out and ride. Uh, you know, if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna go do Berkey, you got a whole different perspective on that kind of thing. It's, that's right. You look forward to those snowy weekends, so. <laughs> I, I, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, a, it's that motivation, uh, and what it does to you in the months leading up to it that, that, uh, that have a, have a big impact. Well, I, I think that's well said because I, I've, uh, you know, now done 23 Berkeys over a 25 year period. I missed one when my, uh, youngest son was born. Uh, he's, uh, premature, so I didn't go up that year. And then, of course, in 2000, it was canceled. Um, but uh, 
I've always said that it's it's such a good motivation um, because you know from doing it, it's not something that you can take lightly. It's a hilly course. It's challenging. Um, it's not just going out on the flats and skiing. I mean, it's uh, your beat uh, coming in, you know, after uh, after that race. I mean, it's uh, and and I approach it the same way. I, I look at it as a a lot of fun. I mean, sure, it's nice to have a good time and and everything. But you know, if your skis aren't working well or conditions aren't good, you know, some people get disappointed. I've had people I know even that just say, "Ah, forget it. I'm not going to do it." I, and you know, not you know, knock on wood. Uh, but you know, I always say, you know, hey, so what? You know, I mean, there's been a couple of years that the conditions have been so nasty. I mean, you're just you know, just this corn snow. You're practically walking the race. But, you know, then I just look around and, you know, the beautiful North Woods, you're outside, you know, enjoy it. Who cares? Um, you know, we're not top racers, <laughs> you know. I mean, it's nice to have have a good time, good wax, but, you know, at, at some point, who cares? You know, the, the experience of just being up there is more fun. So, sounds like you approach it the same way. Yeah, I, th- I think you, uh, you, hit, you hit it on the head there. It's, uh, it's one of those things, even though, you know, I pointed out I did take a 15-year gap, but, uh, um, you know, I think it kind of kind of gets, gets, gets in your blood. And now that now the thing's filling up, I think, uh, boy, I'm thinking we're going to have to start registering. Is this going to become one of those events that you have to register a, a year in advance, I'm suspecting? for. Oh, I it, as soon as the – in fact, I have it marked on my calendar. As soon as the – I think it's like usually what June or so that it, uh, or maybe it's even before that. But as soon as I get the thing, I register because I, I figure why not? And especially because then certain waves close, and even though you can register, then you get put back waves. And not that I'm in a, any big high wave to begin with, but at least it's nice, you know, not to be way back and uh, with people that you know your ability is a little bit better, uh, you know, where you're waiting on. Hit, uh, you know, on the hills and stuff. So, but uh, yeah, what they what they do with waves uh, works has always worked out well for me because you know I'm, I'm I start way back there pretty deep, but uh, it, it it is nice that you're typically get to start with other people going the same speed you are. That makes it makes it a lot less congested. Right. Well, anything else you can tell maybe folks that might not be Berkey skiers or those other folks that are kind of live in the south about uh, your experience um with with the berkey well i guess in terms of the folks that might uh think they live outside the snow belt i guess i'd uh i'd hold uh yourself and, and maybe myself as an example that hey just because you didn't don't live where there's snow that doesn't uh, that shouldn't uh, prevent you from tackling the berkey if that's what you want to do it's it's a great event and, and people ought to get up and up and do it yeah well yeah well said i i had one other question that uh i just thought of that when you said you had that 15-year gap when you went back what was the big difference over that time period and what what year can you remember what year that was from to that you missed let's see i think i skipped from like 93 to 2008 mm-hmm that 15 years is pretty close. Um, in, in terms of the, 
in, in terms of the, the difference, well, one thing I'll point out is when I went back up in 2008, I, I hadn't really been following Berkey very close, and I, and I started reading. Uh, there were some rough years in there that I that I skipped over. <laughs> you know, you commented on on it being canceled, and what did you say, 2000? 2000, 2000 right. It sounded like there were, some, there were some really, really rough years in terms of snow quality in there. So right. I guess maybe that was just dumb luck on my part. Um, you know, obviously it had it had uh, it had grown, it had grown, and and some things. I guess it got locked in uh, the north to south route, is, and, and it's pretty locked in now. You know, yes, back yes. Early nineties, there it seemed like we were going like every other direction every other year. So right, right. Those are a couple things that were changes. Yeah. Do, do you like it going uh, from Cable to to Hayward? Yeah, you know, I, I like it going both ways, but uh, yeah, you know, finishing finishing on Main Street's kind of special there, so that that is uh, that's probably a good choice. Yeah, I, I always say like the only flat part of that course is when you get on Lake Hayward. <laughs> the rest of the time, you know, you keep thinking you're at the last hill, and then there's another one, uh, and uh, it when you finally hit that lake, you know, you can just sort of put it into glide mode and uh, you're going to be, you know, on Main Street pretty soon. But, uh, yeah, I think that does add to it. And I think the other issue with the uh, in cable there with, you know, Telemark, and, of course, this year it's not even going to be open. I think there's been previous years that that's happened too. You know, they used to have that Coliseum where you'd uh, finish at and uh, people would go in there. So there's just not the um, the the space there and stuff uh, to have the finish. So I, I like it uh, this way. I, I, it uh, The years that I did it both ways, I've, I've always enjoyed uh, going north to south. So, Well, Dave, I know, uh, I, I again, I really appreciate you hanging in there with me with uh, uh, doing this podcast. I know it was several months, and then I, we just sort of let it go over the summer. So thanks for being uh on the show and uh, tell us about your experience. Well, I enjoyed talking with you, Ed, and I uh, understand you're planning on getting out and skiing tomorrow, so uh, I hope you have a great ski tomorrow. I'll, I'll think about you when I'm out on my bike. Yeah, thank you. I, I hope you can get out and the weather uh, cooperates. Ho- hopefully you won't have that dusting of snow going too far south. Uh, that's how I always felt in Kansas City. You know, you know, you love snow, but then if you see that dusting, uh, you know, just enough that you can't ski, but uh, too much to bike. It uh, it was always tough. So hopefully you uh, can get out. So uh, uh, and uh, hope to see you uh, up at the Berkey or maybe even at the uh, uh, City of Lakes. Yeah, I'll be looking for you. Take care. Goodbye. We appreciate you downloading episode 10 of the Berkey Web Today podcast, and we do hope that you will subscribe so you will not miss out on future episodes. If this is the first time you are listening to the podcast, our past episodes are available on our website at podcast.berkeyweb.com, where you will also find show notes and links to the stories. Berkey Web Today is also on iTunes. Please remember to leave your feedback by writing to webmaster at berkeyweb.com. For more information about other podcasts available through the Eero Podcast Network, go to the website at epn.ero.com. Special thanks to Tim Burke for allowing us to use his song called Berkey Strut as the theme song for the podcast. 
Also, a very special thanks to Mark Fransky for allowing us to use his song, 12th Street Stomp, as our previous theme song. As a thank you to Mark, I'm going to play his song in its entirety at the end of the podcast. Mark's work can be found at www.banjodog.com. Take care and ski fast.
banjodog.com. Take care and ski fast.